and it's being recorded. Recorded for, uh, what do they say? This uh, recorded for uh, when you get a, God, you know, you're on hold. They tell you that because this, this, this phone call may be recorded for training purposes. Yes, <laughs> that's that's what we should say at the beginning of the show. If I could actually have gotten that out. This show is being recorded for training purposes. So I'm uh, looking at my news feed last night and uh, I see this uh, startling story about a double homicide, homicide, homicide in a in a Etobicoke. Oh, three people shot two die. What? And I'm thinking Etobicoke. I hope that's not around the studio and my buddy Howard. You know, that would be rather unsettling. So I click on to the story and I see pictures from the scene. And guess where it is? Um, on 30th Avenue. The front doors of 146 30th Avenue. No. Happened. Yes. Where our studio was prior to the Queensway, that building. And then my heart flutters and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, like we know people that still inhabit that building. And, you know, it's so close to home. And, I, and I'm thinking, am, am, I, am I sure? Is this the building? And then I look up at the entrance and I can see, remember the window they put in for us? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we could see to the outside. And then the big staircase. And it's, all, it's got all the police uh, ribbon around it. What? And, and the police, uh, you know, doing their investigation. I, I, I imagine today you won't be able to get in that building because it's a crime scene. Okay, wait a second. Just start... How many people? Two dead. One uh, uh, wow. injured. You know, just before Christmas, our, our friends at ITEX used to have their office there. That's how we knew them. They don't have their office right. there anymore. No, I know. But before Christmas, Rachel and I went there because ITEX had its pop-up Christmas sale. Yes. And so I was showing her around the building to just, I, I literally walked, I said, see that window there, honey? They put yeah. that window in for us. And I was showing her the staircase that led to the studio of dreams. Yeah. This was just weeks ago. I love how people do that. I was just there. Yeah, yeah. but what does it have to do with the fact that three people were shot? And it must be people working in that building. Yeah. You know, they've... You know, they spruced it up pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then just to the north of it, where ITEX had their pop-up, there's all sorts of new uh, places in there. But I think that's 152 or 150 um, 30th Street. But the pictures, if you go online and see them, it's right at the... They're all at the front entrance of that's 146, crazy, where we would walk in and every day. every day. Hey, by the way, just remind me, were you there when somebody was pushed through that other door at 152 where the door broke. Were you still, yes. were you working with us? Yes. So that happened during our time. Was that somebody we knew? Yeah, I think it was. I want to say, I want to say the guy Kinder. who owned the place wanted to charge him for the glass. I think remember? I, I want to say it was Kinder, but I can't remember. But somebody yeah, got remember? pushed through the door and broke I, the glass, yeah. I remember the landlord was after him to pay for it. <laughs> Maybe it was Pajetto. Mm-hmm. But uh, a, remember the landlord freaking out at Tyler from the Bare Naked Ladies and yelling yeah. at Phil? And you know, remember the huh? No, I was going to say as soon as you said there was a, a, a trouble there, you know, I, that's the first thing I thought of. 
Yeah. And did, did, did the landlord ever take you up to his secret bunker? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was an industrial plaza. He took it. He did me one day. Took me down the hall and wind around, and then up this staircase and in a door. And it was like a, a saloon. No, it was, it was like we're. The reason I'm smiling is he took me up there one. I, I don't know. We were. I know what it was. You and I were still there on a Friday night. This was before the show started, and we were working on. Oh no, we'd already been doing the show, but we'd been working on yeah. putting the the air the. Um, Damn it. The soundproofing boards, we were hanging them from right, the right, ceiling. Right. Yeah. And he came in, showed me the area, and then a lady friend was hanging around, and he asked me if he could hire her to serve during one of their poker games. Oh, right. I remember you telling me that. <laughs> like, what? But you oh, yeah. There and there was... There was poker tables. There poker was tables, bar, poker table, fully bar, stocked. Yeah. And I'm thinking, it, it actually gave me the creeps, that room. For whatever reason, just reminded me of some, you know, well, back room. Well, it looked like uh, something out of The Sopranos. Yeah, exactly. So and one, had... mo- one more note before we move on that pop up, uh, that iTex pop up shop. Yeah, I went there one day. I had to pick up a carpet that I had bought, and I walked in, and a young woman opened the door, and I walked in. I said, "Hi, how are you?" She said, fine. I said, what's your name? And she said, Cinderella. Cinderella. <laughs> I know. And I, I, know. Did, <clears throat> I didn't know what to say. I didn't either. I thought, is she kidding? Or did somebody name <laughs> the kid Cinderella? I said to but, Rachel, same thing. We both went, what? Did we hear her say Cinderella? <laughs> that's odd. I mean, she's never going to hear this. But yeah, because it was just so wacky to me at the moment. I thought, she's pulling my leg. And then I looked at her, and it was like, no, she was carrying on like she could have said Bernice. No, well, the you funny know? thing is uh, we had this same same experience walking. And, and at first, you're not sure that I didn't think she was pulling our leg. I just didn't think I heard her right. Because, you know, sometimes, and I'm just being honest, yeah. sometimes when you meet people right. of different cultures, they will tell you their name. Yeah, and I'm not sure if I say it back. I'm saying it correctly, so no, I, I said, know. "Excuse me." She said, "I said, did you say Cinderella?" She said, "Yes," and then we moved on. Like being named Cinderella was just like a normal thing. You called her on it, like you said. Well, no, because I wasn't sure. I, I got right. it right, <laughs> so I'm like, "Pardon me, did you say Cinderella?" She's like, "Yes," because you want to say, "Okay, well, I'm sure she's had a lifetime of people going." Well, I'm Snow White. I'm the you know, I'm the one Almost of the three she must bears. Be proud of it because she would have, you know, if she would, maybe if that would have been reduced to like Cindy or something. Hi, I'm yeah. Cindy. And then once you got to know her, she'd say, "Hey, do you want to know what my real name is? It's Cinderella." <laughs> That's what it'd be. Hey, but you want to know? Hey, you want to know what I'm really called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I. That's crazy, met, man. We've met Cinderella. We met Cinderella, and we used to work at a place that's had a double homicide. Yeah, I still go over there. That's where I get right across the street at G Tech Autos, where I get my uh, oil service done. Uh huh. They really wow. have made that building look a lot different. I, the reason I, because I get sometimes confused as to things that went on in that building where I worked prior to us doing this show again. So there were several incidents in there before you know Humble and Fred Radio took over, mm-hmm. and they've definitely spruced it up. Well, it's CSI Etobicoke this morning. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, we've got lots of show to go. That's just the pre-show. 
I'm going to try and see if this works today. So here we go. The following episode of Humble and Fred is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, Canna Doer, and our newest sponsor, GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and serving over 20 million customers worldwide. And now, here are two men who have a combined 80 years of broadcast experience and are still trying to figure it out. It's Humble and Fred. Sound okay to you? Uh, you had your hands by your ears. Yeah, welcome everybody. Lots of great feedback for our number one in '97 show. Uh, here's somebody who says, "I love the retro show." At first, I thought it would be a rebroadcast of an old one. It was wonderful, and just like you said, it brought back memories of good times and great music. As for Phil's departure, and they go on to talk about that, uh, Dan's uh, voice is welcomed. Happy New Year from Niagara-on-the-Lake, and I have to apologize. I, I cut and paste that off a Facebook message, and uh, right now I don't have access to the name of the person, but I'll say the uh, feedback that we got for that special episode was was pretty good well that's fantastic um just it was be- a fun it was a fun morning and uh the result was uh you know satisfying uh gwen spencer is her name thank you gwen we appreciate it um and uh just a, i got a bunch of feedback like that mm-hmm. or we did uh, I got some quite a bit of feedback like this. Hey, Howard, didn't know if I should email social media message post you. And then I remembered you guys still have your phone numbers on the website. We do. This is Brad from London. Loyal 100 percenter on the Humble and Fred show. I just wanted to say congrats on six years of being sober. I saw the post, uh, but I'm taking a break from social media again. So I reached out this way. And uh, that's Brad from London. Thank you, Brad from London. It's much appreciated. And uh, a lot of that, a lot of those kind of uh, those kind of posts and uh, response. Right. You know, speaking of sobriety and withdrawal, and I'm hearing that more and more about people referring to social media that way, taking a break, and yeah. not away from it. Um. A couple of weeks ago, was it on? Maybe not 60 Minutes, but again, a a psychologist talking about the excuse me, the negative effects. The negative effects of what social media can do, and again, making you feel bad. But it's the the deep divers that seem to be uh, experiencing that. Yeah. um, Caught up. But I can see it. You know, it's pretty in, it's pretty easy to get caught up and just scrolling through stuff. I have to take a break from it myself uh, in terms of my... Uh, I mean, I'm a little bit more... You know, I do... Uh, I post more when I'm not working. And, of course, I post stuff about the show. Right. Most of our social media is done by Boone now. Um, my social media presence is mostly golf stuff. Yes. 
And it's good for things like, you know, when we when we posted the number one in 97 show, it's good for those kind of things. It's good to stay in touch that way. And Well, that was, I think, the original spirit of social media. That was it. To connect on a friendly level with those you know and love. Uh, but, it you know, it became a battleground yeah. on some levels, which is uh, too bad. I'm mostly... And I say 99% of my posts in a year, I try and stay away from anything that's too contentious because I don't have the energy for it. Plus, I, you know, I don't think it's the best forum for that stuff. No. I say, here's why I want to just let me finish this part. The reason I don't think it's a good forum, because like if you have a, a, if you and I are debating or we're having a discussion at some point, I'm just going to go, well, I really like that person. So maybe I don't totally agree with this particular frame of what they're saying but i really like the person so i'll just kind of like go okay well that's a good point i don't have an answer or whatever and we can move on to talking about other things the problem with social media is that you don't get a chance to know if you like that person or not all you are is making a judgment based on how much you hate or love what they've just written well and again part of the reason i got off it is because you and i had these you know like i was almost maxed out with friends so thousands of those people I don't even know. So you go to your news feed and you're reading stuff from a wide range of people that friended you because of who you are. And so we were open up. We're open up a lot more to that type of vitriol than well, for sure. somebody that, you know, that, than somebody that just has 150 friends and hangs out there talking to their buddies. Uh and that's part of the reason I got off it. Well, you, you've just sort of made my point for me mm-hmm. because in, in a normal social media world where you have just a few people, most of the people you know, even if you debate with them, you know them right. in another setting and you can forgive or understand or, you know, mm-hmm. give them the benefit of the doubt. The problem with it, if somebody writes something to us, you and I, all we know is that they do or don't like us based on that note. Right. Now, we're lucky because... You know, most of the engagement we get is very nice. You know, Ed Weber, remember Ed just sent us a note saying, guys, um, thanks for the trip down memory lane with your number one in 97 show. I still laugh at Humble's ass poppers story. Don't remember that. Either why. What's that? I don't know. I, I, it, it must be somewhere on the uh, the CD, but I, I didn't. Uh-huh choose it for the best of show but he sent us a nice picture saying i i love this he says i i happened to find my old copy of the cd a few weeks ago since i no longer have a cd player i found a suitable use for it and it's basically uh using it as a coaster for his bia yeah that's a fine looking beer that it is uh, cream or something it's uh cloudy a nice craft beer Mm. anyway thank you ed weber and thanks to everyone that enjoyed it if you haven't heard it yet um like my buddy dave white best friend dave is a lot like uh, some listeners that are are like i remember jim this is our buddy jim from uh, seneca jim carr the great jim carr telling us that he sometimes is months behind the show. Well, Dave sent me a note about listening to the November 30th show, and I just said, you know, I know you will catch up eventually, but I think you'll really enjoy the number one in 97 show that we put out. And there you go. Sometimes I wish I wasn't part of this show, so on my walks I could listen to it. But I have trouble listening to myself, so it's not... 
I'll check the show for certain things to make sure this happened or that happened, but I don't know. Always been that way. Can't do it. Couldn't yeah, watch myself too. on television. Well, can't listen to myself on uh, on a recording. You know, I I listened to the show. I basically skimmed skimmed through it just to make sure that all the you know little edits and stuff worked out well. But I can't listen to anything that I've done on an extended basis before. You know, because no, you pick out every little right. You pick out every little thing that no one else would hear, but you do because it's you. So, but let me ask um, you this: You've been doing well, this. We both have been doing this over 40 years. One thing I am comfortable with, I say that almost in minor quotations, I'm comfortable with this. This is how I sound. I've been listening to myself on recordings Mm -hmm. for 50 years. Right. Whereas some people can hear themselves, you know, in a recorded atmosphere or whatever and be like, ooh, do I really sound like that? I'm comfortable with this is how I sound. Do you know what I mean? Like, when I hear it, at least that doesn't sound weird to me. And I'm sure it doesn't yeah. to you either. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it all depends if I get excited or my inflections or something. Sometimes I think that doesn't sound manly. manly <laughs> it doesn't sound. Um, <laughs> although, you know what's happened to me a few times over the years that surprises me? I've been somewhere, and I'm talking to somebody, and then it comes up, what do you do for a living? And they say, oh, that explains the voice. And I I'm know. Thinking, I'm thinking, what? Mine? What if you were talking to Dan Duran or Howard or Jamie uh, Watson? or uh, Like, that I could see. Me? Are you serious? Well, I, listen, man, I appreciate you putting me in that category, but I am no, I sh- there's no way I'm in the same vocal range as those guys but I get that I mean sometimes mm-hmm. you know like you know, sometimes if I get excited in a, or say something in a certain way someone will go oh there's that radio voice and I'm like what because mm. I always I don't imagine I don't think of myself like Dan like Dan has huge pipes and Watson can do anything with his voice but yeah, the, yeah. Uh, you know the old oh the radio voice yeah oh, really and you know I'm as as surprised as I am, I'm I'm flattered because yeah. I just never look at myself that way. Uh, I don't know. Maybe when I'm trying to make a point, or I'm you've got you've got whatever the, you, you, I go get into radio mode or something. You've got know. the you've got the sexy Patterson voice. Come on, yeah, right, yeah, you do. Mm. Um, all right. Well, listen. Uh, before we get too far away, let me just say that. It's a great pleasure to have everyone here. Chef Jordan Wagman's on our show today. Gig Sky guest of the day. That's right, Bubba. Also, uh, we're going to check in with our pal uh, Andy from Canna Cabana. But first, let's check in with this information. Well, the retirement Sherpa. Uh, Tim will be by tomorrow for his first visit of 2022. Uh, Tim, a portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Again, new year, lots to think about, and I'm sure uh, Tim will touch on that. You know, you have about, what, 60 days, inside 60 days to get your RSPs in order uh, for the year, on and on and on. You know, there's the fun side of life, and there's the serious side of life, and Tim can help you with that serious financial side of your life, which is oh so important as you sail into your golden years, as they call him. He's the retirement <laughs> Sherpa, uh, Tim Niblett, uh, retirementsherpa.ca. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, that's funny. 
You're a funny boy. Do you not think it's weird? I don't know. Weird is the wrong one. Do you think it's interesting that we still make each other laugh this many years later? Like, not fakey laugh. Like, there's some legitimate laughs on this program. Oh, yeah. I think that's oh, yeah. weird. <laughs> Fun times. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hey, don't forget to get your health gauge. Humble Fred HG for 15% at checkout. You go to healthgauge.com. I, I've lost track of the number of Hundy P's that have ordered these and have been more than satisfied. Uh, if you're uh, maybe on a New Year weight loss or exercise or any of these you know, changing your lifestyle. You got to get the health gauge to monitor your blood pressure, your oxygen saturation, your calories burned. How many steps are you taking? I'm. Are you? Uh, do you have a minimum number of steps you like to walk in a day? Like, are you? Do you go for ten thousand, or what is it for you? Oh, I, yeah. I I would love eight thousand. I've just got to actually do it. That's yeah. the problem. Well, I took Stan out yesterday and walked for about forty five minutes in the field there, and I just was checking how many steps. I got to allow, you know, 4,500 steps. The fact is you can monitor all those things with HealthGage. HealthGage.com, Humble Fred HG for 15% at checkout. Um, this is a nice note. Honey, honey, I have to tell you what an amazing episode number one in 97 was. It was such a great idea, and it resonates so much. You're very talented, my darling. I say more of these, please. And that came from uh, Rachel Ann, who listened to the but, show. Would she have ever heard our show back yes. in the day? Oh, really? uh, maybe not. Well, yeah, you know, Rachel was going back and forth for years from Stratford and lived in Toronto, but worked in Stratford. And, and I don't know if the late 90s, yeah, I'm pretty sure she would have probably heard us when she was in university in those days, but... The thing is, I was I, I told you, I was in the car with her listening to Lithium, and that's when I got the idea mm-hmm. to say, hey, why don't we do a show where we're just... Like, first I did... You know, my first part of the idea was you and I get together, and we do like a show from 1990s where we just jock songs, and you do your thing, and then later I just kind of connected the dots that it was 25 years since the CD. And that sort of made it a great excuse to do it, but I kind of wanted to do it. Just as a to see what it was like. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun, and it was also a little bit unnerving. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. it was weird. Like when we were doing it, you and I were talking on the phone because I couldn't talk to you on the Zoom, and I was mm-hmm. sort of like, okay, you know, coming out of this song, we're going to do all these things, like all the stuff we used to do for years. Yeah. Speaking of mates, my mate Delise, she was the one, and it's you know, it's when I go back and i pretty much ignored her maybe i shouldn't have but she could not figure out leaving the edge for mojo she said it to me many times are you sure you want to do this why would you want to go to an am station why didn't she tell me huh why didn't she tell me she should have called me because she'd say you know i love the music and uh it's just, she said, it's just good in the morning. You guys talk and I can hear it. And then there's some music and what, like, are you sure you want to do this? And of course I, oh yes, this is the thing to do. Yeah. Well, we and thought it was the thing was, to do. There, there was all that bullshit about our age, like that mattered. But anyway. You know, but at the time it seemed to make sense. You know, they, I was 
41, you were 45. It sounded like, well, maybe this is the time when the two guys that have been the legacy morning show. But the funny thing is, when we've mentioned this a bunch of times, Stern is still, you know, one of the most popular shows for men and women, but men in particular, 25, you know, 45. And we would have easily kept that train going. But that's another conversation, Fred. Um, let's yep. have the, Who knows? Let's have this conversation that we were having before the show started, like a lot of people in Ontario, scratching our heads about lockdowns and restaurants and malls and movies. And it's hard to... And we'll, I'm just going to be honest. I don't have an answer. And when you were explaining you know, what you thought of it, I said, yeah, I mean, those are all great points. But what is the answer? Why? I'll just start, and I'm going to throw it to you in a second. I'll just say this. Whatever they're doing, they're doing it for some reason. It's not a, Maybe it's not what people want to hear, but there's got to be a reason that they're closing restaurants and leaving malls open. It sucks. Yeah, yeah I, I would hope it's not like window dressing. Um you know, an attempt to look like you're doing something, but, you know, lobbying from certain groups is uh, preventing a full lockdown or any level of lockdown. I, I'm the same way, Howard. I, I, you know, they just don't want blood on their hands, number one, which I totally understand. You know, people be, can be critical of these, but just think about it. You know, on Sunday, they had a special cabinet meeting where you're talking the health of people. So, of course, you're going to err on the side of caution. I get that as well. But at some point, we're going to have to we're going to have to pivot and learn to live with this thing. And obviously, we haven't gotten there yet. But listen, this can't happen again next year. It just can't. So. You know, if it dies down, they better get their shit in order somehow, hire more nurses, expand hospitals or whatever it takes. Rather rather than all that money that went in support of workers goes in support of the hospitals, because if it's here to stay, we can't do this every year because people will suffer immeasurably financially. Yeah, I, I I agree with you know almost everything you're saying, and again, as I preface it by saying, I don't know what the solution is. I'm just looking here that right. I, the immediate goal of these measures will be to blunt the latest wave so we can ease the pressure on our hospitals. And I talked to somebody yesterday that hates Doug Ford, and I'll be honest, I don't hate him or I don't really love him. I have you know a lot of different emotions about the guy over the course of the pandemic but my pushback to this person that was really quite up in arms about it i said listen you're making a lot of great points but just tell me two questions what should he have done and what would an ndp or a liberal government have done do you think anything different but you made a really interesting point i thought just before we started which is and and we've discussed this on the show these people didn't sign up for this you know like no Doug, listen, I don't know what Doug Ford's motivation is, but the other people that were in that cabinet meeting on Sunday, this isn't what they could have anticipated, making life and death decisions and and, and deciding to, you know, fuck over businesses. And like I said, I don't know why you can have a a mall open. Well, I do know why, but it's it's hard to get your head around why you can go into a shoe store. Mm hmm. But you can't go and have a, a meal anymore 
And of course, the answer is, and you're eating and you're opening your mouth and mm-hmm. spraying shit everywhere. But yeah, I don't have the answers either. Just know, I just know that those decisions are being made by other human beings. And you're drinking and you're getting loose and all that. Here's the thing about Doug Ford, from my perspective, and I and I, and I apply this to Trudeau too. And it's what you said. They didn't sign up for this. Doug Ford right now, if there was an election today, would be judged on his COVID response. It's been pretty good. Look around the world. Look around the states. Look around other provinces. It's been pretty good. When you have this moving target disease that's killing people, mm-hmm. just think about it. We had that whole stage thing, and we nicely came out of it in the summer and enjoy. Then the, the variant, that's Doug Ford's fault? No, I know. Like, honestly, like, I, I, I don't get that criticism what do you want these people to be supermen well they don't, that, we don't know it's a moving target and that was kind of the frustration i had in this just i wouldn't call it an argument it was just i was you know one of those things where the other person was just yelling about doug ford for four or five minutes and i let them do it and that's what i said i mm-hmm. i said when i got back from italy it was the 15th of november and the only person i had ever met close up that had covid was my daughter That was the first person in my circle. And since that time, there isn't any circle that I'm part of. Golf people, the stand-up community, my family, your family, all of those people have COVID in it. So in those six weeks since this happened, like I said to this person yesterday, what was Doug Ford? Well, they could have been more prepared. They could have been more proactive. They could have done this. They could have done that. I'm like, okay, easy to say. But this thing happened. Like, I looked at the case counts this morning, as I do. Like, we're seeing numbers in Canada that are unprecedented. So, I mean, some of the measures that are being taken, the at-home learning, I, I know these are inconvenient and, and, and shitty, but I don't know what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, the better, the better prepared stuff is just naive. And you know why it's naive? Here is why it's naive. You tell me, man. You know the billions of dollars that were spent on COVID, you know, propping up businesses and um, um, excusing taxes and on and on and on. That can only go on so long. It got to the point where as we were easing out of it, they had to lift a lot of things and redirect money other places because that's how you run a province. That's how you run a country. Nobody knew the variant was coming. What do you mean better prepared? I know. How? What does that mean? Well, it, here's the thing. And, and I've said it. You said it. Lots of people say it. If you don't like Doug Ford, all you'll right. see. And I, I, I want to reiterate this. I'm not a huge Doug Ford fan. I'm not against the guy. I don't really have. He's not my guy is my point. But having this conversation yesterday, and I know a lot of people have this hate on for him, because, of course, in the conversation, you know, it's the same as his brother. This is what this person was saying. And Rob Ford. So you know where it's coming from. But I just kept my only pushback. And it wasn't very hard. It was I just kept saying, "Okay, you're telling me what you don't like about Doug Ford. Tell me what he should have done. Tell me what the NDP would have done. Tell me what the liberals would have done. And they don't No one has an answer for that, because the fact is nobody could have known right it was going to be this you know this much capacity and and i don't understand why that you know you can have an indoor wedding and a funeral Mm -hmm. at 50 percent capacity but you close 
you know, libraries or libraries are limited to museums, galleries, zoos, science centers have to close. The big one, and we talked a lot about it before the show, is restaurants. Uh-huh. I don't know the answer for that because this virus is spreading so fast that I guess having people in a restaurant is just an, uh, another zone of concern or whatever. I guess, but I think they should have been allowed to operate at twenty five, thirty percent or something. And again, but but the problem is that then it's hard to police because you know this people are desperate. I guess you, they figure if we let them open at twenty five, thirty percent, they're desperate. Uh, they'll probably allow it to go over and hope they don't get caught or whatever. Um. But, yeah, when the politics come into this, it's just weird because the the decisions made by the people in charge, they really do. They, they, they look to the scientists. They look to the medical people, and they make their decisions based on that. And I would ask this guy you're talking to, and, and, and the, you know, the whataboutism becomes tedious. I, I realize that, too. But what has uh, Hero Trudeau done through this that's any better than what Doug Ford has done? And, I'll, and, and from a personal political standpoint, the one great thing through this for me has been Andrea Horvath, the NDP leader of Ontario, making a fucking fool of herself, a big mouth fool, because she's got all the fucking answers. And it's great. You got all the answers when you know you never have a chance of being in the position to actually make the decisions that are, you know, that are life and death. And every night she's on TV, that big yap going, going, going. She has all the answers. And I think she has turned more people off than she's uh, titillated or uh, attracted. Well, I see she's turned you on. Well, and listen, you know, my sweet little wife Lovely. wouldn't say shit of her mouth with mouth was full of it. Oh, no. She's the same thing. Every time Andrea Horvath comes on, we just you want to mute the thing because it's that woman. Yeah, I mean, would be that's like a, she'd be a deer in the headlights if she ever became the premier because she's promised everything to everyone. I, I know. But our system <laughs> is set up so that when you're in the opposition, of course, you've got all the answers because you never have to worry about enacting any policy until you're in charge. And then it's, of course, a lot, it's a lot different. But let me just say this. Um, going, I've gone from November 15th, you know, one person in my life has got COVID. Now my, my other kids got it, uh, as of, I guess, yesterday. I don't know if I told you this. Yeah. Spencer's got it now. And, and that's just a reality. Is it like, I, I don't have the answer as to why we're all shutting this down, except for the fact that hospitals are soon to be, if not already, completely overrun and and, you know moving on from andrea horvath just for the sake of i i know she doesn't know but the fact is somebody knows in that meeting on sunday that we're at a breaking point to be able to support the health care system and i asked you and you didn't have the answer about the rest of the country we've we've already been the most locked down place in north america last spring I guess it's because our population is basically half the country. We have 15 million people in Ontario. So whatever they're doing in Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and B.C. isn't really germane to our situation. No, it's density. Because we have so many more people. Mm-hmm. And living, you know, millions of people living in a 
relatively small area, so to speak. Yeah, I told you. I'm not sure if I was talking to you about this, but I have basically, without really thinking about it now, started walking around outside with my mask on. When I'm around, you know, like I'm on Queen Street or, you know, going out here, you know, it's just weird. All of a sudden, you know, rather than putting it on just before I go in the store, now I'm putting it on as soon as I get out of the car. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the one good thing about Bram Tooney. I went for my walk yesterday and did not encounter one soul, <laughs> not one person. Yeah. So I didn't have to put a mask on. And, and, and quickly, the political end of it, um, Horvath, uh, I think his name's Stephen Del Duca is the uh, liberal leader. It's, it's interesting how measured he is on all this stuff, because he knows there's a very good chance that he will be the next premier. Mm-hmm. Because everybody will beat up on Doug Ford for COVID and whatever. Um, it's just interesting to hear him speak after Horvath because he knows, like, Jesus, I got to watch what I say because I'm going to be in the hot seat soon, probably. And I would ask uh, that person you're talking to, did you ask them about the last 15 years of liberal rule in Ontario and no. where that got us? No, no. You know, it was one of those things yeah. kind of like it just all of a sudden we were having a normal conversation. And then the lockdown news was breaking, and he was on, I was in my car, and he was in front of his computer. He said, oh, well, the lockdowns have just been announced, and then he went on a five-minute diatribe. Um, The level of absenteeism we're seeing in other sectors tells us with absolute certainty that operating schools, ensuring teachers are on the job and not homesick will be a challenge we cannot overcome in the short term said Doug Ford. Free emergency child care will be provided for school-aged children at health care and other eligible frontline workers. Like, again, not being a huge supporter, but that seems logical. You know, that seems like, well, I guess we got to, you know, no no one is ever going to be happy with everything any government would do normally but these are extraordinary times we're coming up to 23 months 22 months now that we've all been dealing with this i know one thing i'll be humbly i would say with no uh, hesitation i'm glad it's not me glad i'm not oh, making these decisions yeah. and i and i'm sure you're glad you're not making them as well it's so easy from the drive from yes. the passenger seat it just is oh, it's yeah. very easy oh yeah should have done this should have done that yeah okay <laughs> And the thing is, you you got to believe that Doug Ford and, and a lot of politicians, even the liberals who think, you know, we're going to take over probably in the next election. I think it's, it is this year, isn't it? Yeah, six months, um, actually. They're thinking, oh, like, what if we're going through this next winter and we're the guys making the decisions now? And people are going to look at us and go, oh, you had all the answers when you were in uh, opposition. Now uh, it's sort of the same thing. Because you know why it'll be the same thing? Because there's no other way. Because it's it's a disease. Yeah. And it's a moving target. And lives are at stake. So you've got to err on the side of caution. But again, I get back at some point, we've got to start figuring a way, figuring out a way to live with this. The evidence this tell- can't happen every year. Well, okay. It can't happen every year, but we're only in really, you know, I mean, if you look at the, if you take the pandemic in stages, 
you know, we're we're in the very first year of having the pandemic and a vaccine and this new variant and part of the geopolitical fallout from poor countries not having the vaccine. You know all the business. But here's, you know, what I love about politicians is that, you know, they're they're the ones that have to actually you know deal with this. And here's Ford right. saying that while he understands people will be angered and confused by the new restrictions, which is true, mm-hmm. the result of inaction would be catastrophic. He goes on to say the evidence tells us that about one percent of people who get Omicron or Omicron will end up in the hospital, and one percent mm-hmm. of hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands of people is too many cases. It mm-hmm. will completely, as he said, it will be catastrophic mm-hmm. to the healthcare system. Mm-hmm. So NDP supporter, liberal supporter, what what should you do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No one has the answer. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And remember, this goes back. Our problems with hospitals date back many years. You sure. Know, this isn't something that Doug Ford created. It was created long before him. And we know who was in power in the province for 15 years, for Christ's sake. Yeah. So. And here's the thing. If you're looking for signs of the end of this, you know, they talk about this Omicron variant possibly being something that takes us from a pandemic to an endemic. But I I read an article, and and there's so many articles to read, about the Spanish flu. And it came in 1918, and by 1920 or so, it was on its way out. So, you know, we haven't even gotten to 24 months of this. And as far as this happening every year annually, you know, if if the best case scenario is that this variant sort of burns us, burns through the population, we all, mm-hmm. you know, I'll be honest with you. I said to my buddy yesterday, if I'm going to get it, I want to get it sooner than later. I've got some friends of our age group that have had it recently and. You know, it's sort of like a, a bad cold. And I thought, well, I want to get that before I go away. Right. One other point I'll make before we move on. And we have 60 seconds. <laughs> is it's very to comment on this from the perspective of someone who has never missed a paycheck is completely different than someone who has. Agreed. So. Those people that are maybe a bit hysterical or a bit, you know, edgy or a, a, a bit more vocal who are missing paychecks, you got to show compassion there. Absolutely. It's hard to relate to that. You know, we sit here and, you know, it's it hasn't affected us financially at all. Well, there's thousands and thousands that have been. And you can understand how they're at their wits end. Yeah. Well, I, they, I they know. Want, you want to strike out at somebody, right? Uh, yeah. And and. That's part of the being the the sitting government, whatever that government is. Yeah. You know, not everything the liberal government did was terrible. And not everything nope. that the, you nope. know, Ford government is doing is terrible. It's not great either. All right. We're going to switch gears here. One of our favorite guests, uh, now a, a regular contributor to this program. It's going to be interesting because uh, we've got two guests back to back. Uh, from the world of weed, our uh, first uh, fella, James Beard, nominated chef and host of In the Weeds, the uh, fantastic uh, Chef Jordan Wagaman. Hello, Chef Jordan. One of my favorite tunes. Hey, pal. You like this little interstate love song? Love. Stone Temple Pilots. Waiting for 
Uh, did you ever listen? On a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> did you ever listen to us back when we were uh, like something? Of course. All right. Well, I've got a, a special treat for you. What's uh, that? We uh, maybe you didn't hear. We put out a uh, special show on January first, uh, uh, number one in ninety-seven. We did a two-hour radio show, just like it was back in the nineties. So after you're done with yes, after you're done with us today, go download that thing. We play songs. Fred does a comment. We have Mister Goohead, the Humble Report, the whole thing. I love it. Congratulations, gentlemen. Thanks, awesome. my friend. Oh, thank you very much. It's Let's good to see you. Now, nice a, to see you both. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, brother. Now, uh, one of our sponsors, who's a friend of you, I think you know Andy Ka- Andy um, Palalis from Canna Cabana. You yes, recent sir. you recently did a um, what do you call those things? I know, and I was invited. Thank you very much. It's a cooking with weed experience. And you recently did one sort of in support of Canna Cabana. Explain that. Then I want to talk about cooking with weed. Then I've got some cooking questions. What a fun time that was. We cooked for, we did eight courses for, it, it was it was very much a, an hors d'oeuvre party, if you will. Um, everyone was standing around and mingling and having a great time. But we did eight courses, which were all infused. Um, it was with Canna Cabana, as you said. So we did an island theme menu, which was really exciting. And so for me, you know, it's it, the technique is always the same. It's really just the flavor profiles that that differ. And so I, I there's one dish that I will cite from the experience, which stands out to me as probably the best dish of the evening, which was this croquette style or <clears throat> arancini ball, which is classically, you know, f- fried leftover risotto or intentionally, you know, made risotto which is small grain rice and sticks together and you stuff it with something and then you, you, you'll bread it and deep fry it. Okay. So what we did was I made oxtail and I cooled that down and then I made a coconut risotto, cooled that down and stuffed the coconut risotto with this oxtail and deep fried these things and sat them on a puddle of this tomato sauce with some flowers on top. It was just a proud moment. I bet. It was like a baby being born. <laughs> mm. So it was a great experience. Andy, Andy's one of a kind. I mean, you, I know you've spoken to him previously. He's, he's a, as my mom would say, he's a mensch. He's a menchie he's boy. A yeah, see, yeah, well, one, one of the reasons, I, and I thought about you being on the show today, and I knew it tied in with Andy, who is, I've had lots of conversations. He's a great guy. And now that they're a sponsor, it's even better. But, but how do you get the food to not have the weedy taste. And the reason I ask that is because I take some gummies from time to time. And uh, it's they always have a little bit of the weed sort of vibe to them. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, of course. And, and you know, for me, it's, it's the potency of the cannabis that I use, right? Because it's so concentrated, I don't have to use very much. And especially when I'm cooking for... 80 people and i'm only going to put in for argument's sake you know let's say it's two milligrams for 160 milligrams that could be you know five or six tablespoons of a distillate which overall in the grand scheme isn't a lot at all um you know so but but it's also but but jordan is it enough to get a person a little bit buzzed eating it yeah the intention yes and and remember we're an end of one 
So I always talk about what what works for me will not necessarily from, for you from a health and wellness standpoint. 10 milligrams of THC will impact me differently than you. The ingredients in your gummy impact the bioavailability of that cannabis in that food stuff, meaning your body is going to want to absorb that refined sugar long before it wants to absorb that cannabis. So how much cannabis are you actually absorbing? But to answer your question, I create my food stuff. And then I use a cannabis profile, the terpene profile, for example, that will complement that food stuff. Ceviche with a you know, uh, a distillate that is high in limonene, which is very citrusy, right. for example. Yeah, 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 I get it. It's interesting. So uh, help me with this now. Um, you're having a dinner party for 10. When everybody sits down, you say you may get high from this and everybody's got to buy into it. Like, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm being a bit naive here, but what, how does that work? <laughs> no, it's a good question. And you're not being naive. And, and that's where I lend my expertise and I try to bring people, believe me, I'm not necessarily cooking for those who consume cannabis every day. I'm cooking for those who don't consume cannabis and who are trying to understand how to come over to the dark side. Okay, okay. if you will, the dark side. Oh, yeah. Um, the enlightened side, you know, from my perspective. The, the bottom line really is this. If you come for an infused experience with me, the goal is not to get you high. Do I give you the opportunity to increase your THC intake? Of course I do. Mm -hmm. The goal is to introduce you to a whole flower experience, which includes raw flower. So I've talked about pre on previous episodes, uh, my, my toasted hemp seed crust, where now I just grate raw flour into it. I use terpenes. I use all sorts of cannabinoids. And then there's THC. So in a 15-course infused experience with me, you may have 20 milligrams, may, of THC throughout 15 courses, which is not very much, over three and a half or four hours. That's not very much. To some, it might be. Yeah. So what I do is I include lots of different cannabinoids, CBD being at the forefront, which definitely play a part in minimizing or lowering the effect of the THC, but really giving you what we call in the space that entourage effect, yeah. which is that whole plant experience. No, but, I, I, but I was, let, me, let me just interject, though. But I think it's not only it's not a naive question. I think it's actually the question. And I again, thank you for the invitations. And one of these times I'm going to go. But I, I was also as a, an experienced user wondering if everyone just sits around and by course seven, mm -hmm. you know, they're just licking the window panes. <laughs> no, because there's terpenes in a lot of my. So I'll give you an example. The opening, the opening, uh, the welcoming dish, if you will, was a cure royale at this event with Canna Cabana. What did we do? Well, it wasn't. I don't serve alcohol. I don't drink alcohol. I only serve the food that I eat. So and drink. So. We made a blueberry puree that I infused with, there's a great company, Flow Scientific, out in, in British Columbia. And they create this, this terpene profile called Blue Skittles. I infuse blueberry puree with Blue Skittles terpenes. There's no cannabinoids in those. Some of those are botanically derived and not even cannabis derived. So what we do is I'm infusing that and I'm giving the experience, that whole flower experience, not all of the components 
have any psychoactive right. effect whatsoever. So that particular dish, I was going to say, that's there's no THC content, but it's got essence yeah. of the flower in it. And, and maybe you should pause and explain, if you can, and very briefly, because I've got a real cooking question for you. Not that this isn't real cooking, but, but terpenes are to THC as... Uh, um, what is that thing in red wine? Um, do you know what I'm talking well, about? Tannin. Tannin. I mean, so, so, is that well, the so same? What, is that the same thing? Terpenes are the aromatic compounds that are extracted from botanicals. In this instance, we're talking about cannabis. So oh, okay. Cannabis. So it's the aromatic compounds that are extracted from the cannabis plant, and we have. There are many different types of terpene profiles. You know, if you think of lavender, lin oil, lin oil. So, you know, if you think of lavender, if you think of lemon, that's limonene. But there's all sorts of different. Those terpenes are found in okay. basil and cilantro and all sorts of different. So it's not just it's not just a, a, a marijuana thing. It's it's a botanical no. thing. Okay, absolutely. Well, wow. it's very fascinating. So- so again, just to revisit so I understand. So I come to one of your dinners. The point is when I when I leave the experience, I, I've learned more yeah. about what I can talk, what I like, what I can do in the future. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And and the goal is never for you to leave saying, chef, that was the best cannabis infused experience I've ever had. Right. My intent is for you to leave saying that was the best culinary experience I've ever had in my life. Yeah. I can't wait to do it again. Right. That's the intention with regards to cannabis. You trust me. I am an expert in the space. This is what I've done. This is what I continue to do is feed thousands of people and they trust me. Those I design. And I think this is critical to mention. I design my menus around those who don't consume cannabis often. Okay. Those that consume cannabis often, you can you can we can definitely, you know, get you where you want to be. But if the menus are designed, the experiences are designed for those that don't consume cannabis. Yeah, if you're going to one of, uh, you know, Jordan's infused dinners, you're going there knowing that there's a bit of a buzz coming your way, but it's not going to be a Absolutely. buzz, a buzz saw. And, and you're not going to be embarrassed. You're not going to be like by course eight, you know, trying to feel up, uh, you know, somebody's partner. You know, there's none of that going on. Uh, Chef Jordan's got a, a podcast, of course, produced by our producer, Toronto Mike, and you can subscribe to In the Weeds with Chef Jordan Wagman. Mike described you as a natural uh, host, and I agree. I've got a, a great rap on you. Uh, I, I, every time you're on, though, I do have a... Okay, so I was thinking of you the other day when I fucked up my latest steak offering. You know, I, I, know I took your advice. I did the thing with my my hand and i felt the steak i even did my by the time i put the thermometer in it was way overcooked my problem is like i just rachel hates it if i don't if i my i always err on the side of it being undercooked but after new year's eve when i made this steak i said well you know what i'm done i'm done doing this i said i'd rather take it out and have it be a little bit rare anyway my point to you is um all the advice you've given me about steak creation, fantastic. But I think what I what I where I screwed up is that this the steak wasn't big enough for how long I cooked it. You know what I mean? I do, and and it differs every time, yeah. right? And different meats have different cooking times. What yes. I would suggest to you is this: 
there's this carryover cooking. So just because you take it off the grill or remove it from the oven yeah. and it, it, you, it doesn't, you don't say to it, okay, stop cooking. There's something called carryover cooking. So that piece of meat continues to cook. I agree with you. Err on the side of caution and take it out before you think it's done and allow it to rest, right, for 30 to 50% of its cooking time. And then when you slice into that, if it's still too rare for you, hey, slice it, throw it into the oven, you know, push it together, mm. and then throw it into the oven, and you're good to go. And you told us last time, do not tent, right? Yeah, I don't tent anymore, thanks to you. Yeah. No, it keeps, the, it, it, it keeps all of that heat in, right? Yeah. It keeps the temperature. Right. Yeah, it's basically creating an oven. Can I make a steak observation here? The price of beef is just ridiculous right now. And it I, is. With me, it's reached a real, a real tipping point because going back to what Howard says, you know, cooking it, unless you really, really know what you're doing, is hit and miss. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of money to invest if it's not cooked properly. So, you know, I find myself now just forgetting about it. Like, you know what? I can do a nice, like, restaurant-cut pork chop or uh, chicken or even lamb and know that I'm going to get the result that I want. Where beef, it's not worth the gamble anymore to me. I'll take it one step further and, and mention Ned Bell, who, you know, is a you know, very famous Canadian chef, young man. I, I didn't realize he was actually younger than me. But he made this observation. <laughs> it was crazy to have that realization. Well, hey, Jordan, but one he day you'll get to the point, like me and Fred, everyone is younger than <laughs> us. <laughs> so he made this observation that proteins have really gone from being the the mainstay and and the focal point of a dish yeah. to almost an add-on almost mm. you know an accoutrement to all the vegetables that are on a plate i think that that's really where a lot of us are going i will actually take it one step further and say i would scrap the high-end cuts of meat the ribeyes the strips i'd scrap that and i'd go to a you know a skirt steak or you know uh, i mean uh, uh, certainly a flat iron or flank steak i'd marinate the hell out of it and i'd sear it and slice it really thin and you cannot miss. Well, I'm with Fred, though. Like, I, we spent a lot of money. Uh, for me, it was a lot. I thought it was a pretty expensive cuts and from a pretty nice place that we'd get our steaks from. And I only do it once in a while. It was New Year's Eve. But I would much rather do a pork chop. I find pork chops, for me, uh, I know for some reason Rachel doesn't think they're as flavorful. But I think they're easier to cook because you... Because, because I don't mind them being a bit rarer. And I, don't, I just find them less finicky. You don't fuck them up as much. hundred mm-hmm, percent. Mm-hmm. And then you can throw a brine on it, you know, mm-hmm. before you cook it in, you know, uh, a sugar, salt, water mixture. Dudes. And you know, infusing tons of moisture into that. It becomes even, you know, mm-hmm. Jord- easier Jordala. To, to make. Jordala, I got to tell you this recipe I got. Speaking of brining, I just, I was, I forgot to tell Fred, he's going to love this. So my, uh, Rachel's brother, I was over there at their place in Stratford and he came and he, he served these pickled uh, red onions. And I'm like, where did you get these? He goes, I made them. I'm like, what? So I made these the other day, Freddie. I'm putting them on everything now. All it is is sliced red onion, sugar, a little bit of sugar, a little bit of salt, and some kind of vinegar. And it took, uh, put them in there for an hour. Then I put them in the fridge, chef. I'm going to tell you, Jordan, it's one of my, I've been eating it on everything. 
Mm-hmm. I, I would, if I took you upstairs right now, you would see pickled red onions in my fridge. Love that shit. They are my absolute go-to garnish on, it's like Tabasco. Exactly. Commercials. I put that shit on everything. I have had mm-hmm. three meals since I made these on Sunday. <laughs> I've put, whether it was breakfast, lunch, <laughs> I keep putting them on stuff. Uh, we got to let you go, Jordan. We got uh, other business to take care of. You're a good man. You're welcome here anytime. And uh, uh, we'll, I'll tell you what, when Andy's on here, we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll let him know that you were uh, on before him. He'll love that. And uh, people Please tell him I say hello. Hey, George, where do uh, people, I, mean, I know this show is called In the Weeds, but where else do people get a hold of you? Yeah, In the Weeds, Chef Jordan Wagman is where you can find me on all social platforms. And uh, yeah, follow along In the Weeds. We've got some really good things happening. Okay, well, make sure you go check out number one in 97. The, uh, the podcast dropped on January 1st. You're going to hear music like this, a little karma police for you. All right, Look brother. Look forward to it. Take care, Jordan. Have George. a great day, guys. All thank the best. You for, thank you for being our Gig Sky guest of the day. Um, Howie, um, just quickly before I moved to Gig Sky, uh, I was in the uh, Metro the other day, and Belize wanted a pork chop, not a steak, and it was a good cut. It was yeah, one yeah. of those restaurant cuts with the, you know, the bone that sticks out. Love that. And it was a nice size, and I think it was like $10. A ribeye steak around the same price was $24. You want to know what the ribeyes were that we uh, bought at the uh, fancy schmancy mm-hmm. uh, Queen Street place? $35 yeah. each. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. I, I know I didn't cook them perfectly, but they weren't that mm-hmm. good. Yeah. But this little round ribeye that I looked at was about the same size as the pork chop, and it was two and a half times the price. And I know that I can cook that pork chop, and she'll like it. But if I took that steak home and cooked it, again, it would be like, eh, well, I'm not sure, you know. Well, like, I got to tell you, for $35, you think you're going to get the best cut or the pretty of good course. cut? And mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I overcooked it, but I it didn't, it didn't taste that good. I would have much rather had a pork chop. Yeah. I'm going to make that point. Okay. Okay. Gig Sky, uh, me. Yes, Gig Sky Travel Rewards Program. For that, go to Gig Sky app, and, uh, or you can sign into your account at app.gigsky.com to check out the program. It really is cool. Gig Sky's latest service offering includes mobile data while flying as well. When traveling on select air- airlines and routes, uh, you can get mobile data. Go to gigsky.com slash aeromobile for that to see the list of partner airlines. All GigSky data plans are prepaid, no contracts or recurring fees. You get what you pay for, and your service is never throttled. It's wildly convenient while traveling. You know you're using data that you can afford. It's very reasonably priced, and you can do all the things you need to do uh, while you're traveling. That's gigsky.com. You know who has the uh, world's most comfortable pants for men and women? Yes, you do. You're probably wearing them. They're called Dewar, D-U-E-R, the official presenter of Humble and Fred's 10th anniversary. Natural materials are in combination with technical achievements, breathability, comfort, and strength for everyday wear. No longer do you have to sacrifice performance when you want to dress up or style when you're on the move. Dewar, D-U-E-R dot C-A, is proudly Canadian and prides itself on having a collection of natural fiber-rich fabrics, meaning the majority of fibers originate from plants, trees, wood chips, and recycled alternatives to oil, which are killing our planet. Thank you, Dewar. Thank you for caring about Earth. 
If you care about our planet, use promo code HUMBLEANDFRED15 for 15% off your next order. That's HUMBLEANDFRED15 for 15% off your next order. Get comfortable pants for men and women and show that you love the earth. (laughs) Sorry. I just made myself laugh there. (laughs) If you, hey, if you're not wearing doer pants, you hate the earth. Uh, Let's switch to sports here for a second. I mentioned to you at the end of the show yesterday, I saw something online I thought was interesting, and you guessed it right away because, you know, you're so smart. I said to you, uh, as we were just finishing up, this was off the air, I said to Freddie, I said, what do you think, uh, who who has the more social, or the biggest social presence of Raptors or the Maple Leafs? And I think this is just Twitter. The Leafs have 1.2 million followers on Twitter, and the Raptors have 3.5 million followers on the Twitter. Mm-hmm. And you weren't surprised, neither am I, mainly because of the age group of the average Raptor fan, I would think. Mm-hmm. I, I thought this would be a good demographic discussion. But, but do you think that's fair, that Leaf fans are aging? Uh, that it's an older demographic? Yeah. I just think they're at the lower end. There's just a lot more basketball fans um, at the younger end. That's, that, that's a tough one because you know obviously there's a lots lots of kids into hockey and love it, but you know this basketball thing is still a relatively new thing in Toronto. It struggled for a lot of years before the team really became good. Um, but then you would look at television ratings. There, it would be the opposite for television ratings. The Leafs would absolutely crush the Raptors in tv ratings and why is that well you know a lot of raptor fans young people they don't watch the full game they watch highlights or you know game caps or whatever it is but uh yeah like raptors wouldn't be in the same league as the leafs when it comes to tv ratings that's crazy how do you explain that yeah well i i why that's why i asked you because i was fascinated by the difference in the social media presence um not just the age of, of the average fan, but, you know, maybe being a, a more active, you know, being younger or more diverse ethnic. Um, another sports story, uh, Tiger Woods turned 46 a couple of days ago, and which is fine. I don't know if Tiger's, I don't know what he's going to do this year. I mean, I we saw him play a few weeks ago with his kid, and he got to ride a cart, but his leg was pretty much shattered. I know some people think he was being dramatic when he came back a few a weeks ago in press conference, said, you know, I almost lost my leg, but he wouldn't be saying that if they if it wasn't a possibility at some point in that car accident last February. But um, anyway, in honor of his birthday, or because of his birthday, I saw a bunch of stuff on social media about his statistics. You know, we talk about Gretzky and the kind of numbers Gretzky put up or Michael Jordan in basketball. Who would be the equivalent in uh, baseball? Like historic numbers that could never be touched? I don't even know that reference. Well, the problem is there's so many statistics in baseball. Um, but is there somebody s- like a Gretzky or a Tiger well, that, or I mean, a Jordan? Barry Bonds with the home run record or whoever that is now. And you know what I mean? It's... Uh, it's just a you know in hockey it's goals and assists and but baseball there's just so many stats it's hard to right. make that comparison. <clears throat> well, here's a couple I'll throw at you because you're a former sports guy. 
this might be of interest to you and others, I hope. But just to, it, this is more less about the golf, but more about the like the comparable. And I've often said, like, if you look at whoever was second in the scoring race in those years in the early 80s with Gretzky, there were several people in the early 80s, Bossy, a few others that scored 50 and 60 goals and didn't win, <laughs> didn't win the scoring, you know, title. You know, there's a there's a very good argument against Wayne Gretzky. Um, goaltending was just horrific back then. It just was. It was just bad. You know, the the goalies were small. A lot of them under six feet. Didn't have big equipment. Never went down. A lot of them didn't. You know, and there's people now that say Ovechkin might have might be a more prolific goal scorer than Gretzky ever was. Yeah, it's hard to prove. But yeah, I know. Eras are different, right? But but and the reason I I don't buy into that, to be honest with you, is because you can only play in the era you play right. in. You know, and you yep. look at the guys in the '60s, Beliveau mm-hmm. and all these guys, and you think, oh, prolific. Yeah, those guys, I could score against them now. Mm-hmm. But it's it's so Gretzky mm-hmm. was he could only play against the goalies that played in that era. Yep. Yep. But here's some stats that are mind blowing. Um, best score to par from 1997 to 2009 in the majors. Ernie Els was 118 over par. Phil Mickelson was 99 over par in that period. And Tiger Woods was 30, 134 under par. Like, I mean, it's hard to quantify that in another sport, but it's unbelievable. In the last 60 years, there are three instances of a player winning five or more PGA Tour starts in a row. They belong to Tiger, Tiger, and Tiger. In three different seasons, he won five, six, and seven tournaments in a row. Mm. Like, it's just unbelievable. How can you remain seated with that heart on you've got right now? Easy now. Don't get nasty. <laughs> I fucking read this stuff. I almost started beating off. <laughs> anyway. I know. It's it's amazing. Yeah. He won for the ages, and uh, it happened during our, well, our, more you, your sort of sweet spot. Oh, my like, God. I mean, I, you know? I'm so lucky. There are only two instances since 1900 of a player winning a men's professional major by 10 strokes or more. Tiger has won both of them. The 1997 Masters and the 2000 uh, U.S. Open. Anyway, it's 46 years old. And, and that Gretzky argument, by the way, you could do that in golf, too. That, oh, you know, Jack Nicholas won 18 majors against guys that I think I could beat. But, you know, it's easy to say that. When Nicholas was the longest driver the PGA Tour had ever seen, and he hit it like 275. Oh, no, I know. I know. I, I know. You know, they it's, were it's using... Just, that's w- popped up lately because, you know, Ovechkin actually has a shot at Gretzky's goal-scoring record. Does he really? If he plays three or four more years, yes, he actually has a shot at surpassing it. In fact, Wayne Gretzky has predicted he will surpass it, but that's Gretzky's class uh, uh, coming through. Isn't that something? Um, yeah, and the thing... The, yeah, again, you're right. Errors are hard to come... To compare, but 
It's, uh, you know, NHL now, bigger, faster, stronger, bigger goaltenders, better goaltenders and everything. That's why that has been brought up recently. Like, let's compare eras. Who was the best? You know, and it's a fun thing to do in sports, too, right? Oh, absolutely. Comparisons. You know, and, and I mean, that have that debate, you know, is raging like my boner uh, mm-hmm. in golf all the time. You know, in 19, when John Daly came on the scene in 1991 or two, whenever he won the mm-hmm. PGA Championship, he was the longest driver anyone had ever seen he averaged over 300 yards the first person to do that on the pga tour uh prior to that like one guy you know was close to 300 well now if you don't hit it 300 yards you're you're considered a medium to short hitter mm-hmm. equipment the ball the clubs but mostly the guys you know when you talk about the the size of an nhl player you know you look at the, there was the odd guy in, in our when we watched talking in the late 60s, early 70s, the odd mm-hmm. guy that was pretty big. Now they're all huge. Same with golfers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like they won't even look at a goaltender under six feet now. Well, it's I just prom- part of the profile. I promise you, if you and I were standing next to Dustin Johnson, uh, Tiger Woods and uh, Bryson DeChambeau, it, we'd, we'd, we'd look like tiny little stick men. Uh, Dan Duran, are you there? Are you there, Dan Duran? Are you there, Dan Duran? I'm here. Got a coffee. And, oh my uh, God! I'm ready for the show and listening. Fantastic! To you guys. Fantastic! Mm-hmm. Um, now, do you want to uh, do you want to do the news first and then hear a funny little audio clip, or do you want to hear the audio clip of you first and then do the news? <laughs> well, this is an interesting choice. <laughs> Am I going to be embarrassed by this clip? I don't know. I debated. Okay. I, I played no, no. it for Fred. And, it, and we are, yeah? Well, we need more as an explanation. Yeah. Was, more uh, than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be embarrassing. I played it for Fred this morning. I said, can you, do you understand what's going on in this clip? <laughs> we're not sure if when you recorded it, you were had a little mini dance stroke or maybe <laughs> one of your, okay, let's, I don't know, something happened and then all of a sudden you were just started talking to yourself, but... Uh-huh. But you sent me the audio, so I'm assuming you heard it. Mm-hmm. So do you want to hear that? Caref- Listen very carefully to the end. Yeah, okay. So this is uh, what, what, what's happened is obviously Phil's not going to be with us anymore. And we thought, well, to have a nice differentiator in terms of the introduction, Fred was kind of doing it on days Phil wasn't there. I said, well, let's get Dan to do it. And we, um, we uh, engaged you as a, in a professional manner. It just wasn't, hey, do you want to do us a favor? We engaged you professionally because you're a professional voiceover person. Are you not? Yes. So um, what you're going to hear is it's going to be a bit confusing because what we had is Dan is recording all these intros and extras for the month because we've got some different clients starting and one of them is manscaped so you're going to hear dan at the end of the manscaped extra which you won't actually be hearing on our show for another few weeks but i was previewing them this morning and this is what i heard escaped making balls cleaner and more streamlined for that extra special new ball sheen i'm dan duran and this message makes me queasy no lies I'm Dan Duran, and this question, this this message makes me queasy. No eyes. <laughs> what is the no eyes part? Here, listen to it. This message makes me queasy. No, no eyes. eyes. <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> is the no eyes part for? <laughs> 
What is that? <laughs> he goes, there was no lies. There was lies. No lies. But, but I went know, back like, and looked know. at the script. It's not in there. I, well, I, I threw it in there as a bonus. Are you saying no lies? Yeah, no lies. Yeah, you no, know, like no in this lies. message, make this episode. Hold on. Hold on, fuck. Wow. This message makes me queasy. No lies. Okay, so it's no lies. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Until this I moment, I thought it said no eyes. I thought this was going to be way more embarrassing. I thought you were going to play me the the uh, the message I left you on New Year's Eve when you called me back. Oh, I got to play I that message. I'll play that tomorrow. Dan Duran, <laughs> Dan Duran, drunk that. fucking messaged me. <laughs> oh yeah, well, that, he, um, I just see, let myself go. Now that he explains that, it makes sense. But when you played it for me, Howard, I didn't. I didn't hear no lies, or didn't even think no lies. I was thinking no eyes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> see, thought. that's that's a major problem with a joke when it really has to be explained. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I, uh, now I get it. Like, okay. Uh, no, and and yeah. until this, I've played it six times now. It's the first time I've heard lies. No lies. I actually think it would be funnier if you did think that maybe that became Dan Duran's signature sign off. <laughs> I'll see you guys later. No eyes. No eyes. <laughs> no <yeah>. eyes. <laughs> what can Dan? Dan's come up with a new salutation for 2022. Yeah. See you later. No eyes. No, no I've got eyes. No every, eyes. Every anchor needs a sign off. <laughs> sign off. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think we should change it now, Fred. I think it just becomes Dan's signature thing where he just says, and, and I'm Dan Duran. No eyes. No eyes. <laughs> All right. But now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wine, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low Yeah And now live from Dan Duran's uh, lakeside home In the background, uh, the lovely and talented Colton Danock Duran uh, and uh, now with the Humble and Fred news, brought to you by GoDaddy. GoDaddy.ca will tell you all about them in a second. First, here's Dan Rain. Today no is National Spaghetti Day. To celebrate, look away from the cannelloni and the facility and the rigatoni and the penne and turn your attention to the long noodle that creates a nest for the sauce. Spaghetti, the best noodle to deliver red sauce <laughs> to a white shirt. No eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no eyes. <laughs> Dry January is a thing for a lot of drinkers who, yeah. after the drinking month of December, look for their livers. Anyway, Paps Blue Ribbon Beer seems to have an interesting humorist or perhaps an intern running their Twitter account. And this is their actual tweet from yesterday. Not drinking this January? Try eating ass. <laughs> <laughs> These kids, Fred. Try eating ass. I'll tell you right now. No eyes. Ass eating Uh, is uh, rampant amongst the the younger kids. Of course. (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's a thing? Oh, yeah. It's a huge thing. Mm -hmm. Everyone's eating ass out there, Dan. Don't understand it. Mm -hmm. Well, you know. Well, I guess, you know, take a shower. 
Uh, a couple of interesting comments. <laughs> of, course of course, you take a shower. You don't need raw ass. People aren't out there doing that. I hope. Um, did you um, did you hear the smart uh, smartless with uh, director Barry Sonnenfeld? Yes, I did. Yeah, and he taught his first job. He bought a camera out of uh, film school. He got a contract to do nine porno films. Yeah, it was. And great. he said, if you could be in a room where they're filming a porno. You would never watch them again because of the smell. No, I know. I love that line. He was talking about the smell of it. It's unbelievable. He said, the smell in that room is horrific. You'd never watch another one. Uh, you know, th- 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 I'm just playing off the eating the ass. <laughs> no, 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 you yeah. are. Of course you are. Yes. Um, I, I actually like that uh, uh, episode because it's really cool because that guy, Barry Sonnefeld, you realize he was like the director of photography, the camera guy. Yeah. That's one of those inside the industry things because the DOP or the director of photography isn't just the, he may not necessarily be the camera operator. He's sort of the director of cameras, right, Dan? Yeah. He worked his way up. Obviously, but but Sonnefeld worked his way up to being a director, but I found that episode pretty good. Uh, Dan. Yeah. Um, I do want to thank you for your time this morning. Oh yeah. Right. By the way, that delete was that, that uh, tweet was deleted. Oh, was it? As, uh, yeah, it's not there anymore. Just so you know. <laughs> this message makes me queasy. Yeah. No lies. <laughs> this episode of... All right. Um, <laughs> Daniel. Yeah. We appreciate your participation. And I appreciate participating. And I'm going to keep that recording. And that's going to yeah. be... I can't wait till it that, comes to Manscaped. Oh, it comes up. Manscaped comes up. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Is, mm-hmm. is, is that all you had today, Dan? Or was there... Well, I did, uh, I did have about... Uh, well, one other story, if you want me to just briefly go into yeah, it. Well, it was, we do uh, have our, our friend Andy Palalis waiting. Palalis waiting. I didn't see Yeah, because yeah, oh, I right. haven't let well, him in yet. I don't want to keep him waiting and, uh, too long. Save this uh, yeah, save pressing story tomorrow, for tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Dan Duran's News is brought to you by GoDaddy, powering small businesses and entrepreneurs for over 25 years. Uh, and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything else they need to get their business online. Do you have a great idea for a small business or side hustle? Maybe it's that brilliant idea you've been dreaming about and sitting on for a while, or that online store you've been waiting to finally launch and start selling your product. Yes! Well, there's no better time than now to get it online. You can find your domain, create your website with GoDaddy, and finally bring it to life with GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 phone support. They're also here to help you every step of the way. You can start your website for free with GoDaddy today and try it out. No credit card, Fred. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Hey, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan is Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Uh, They've been a sponsor, a supporter for a long time, and we've told you all about them. I urge you, go to chamberplan.ca today. Find out what it's all about. Uh, Listen, I know if you have a small business, you'd love to give your employees, your small group, a benefits package. It can be done. Strength in numbers. 30,000 Canadian businesses are part of this. They've been around for 40 years, and it will work for your small company. There are different levels that you can buy in on. And uh, again, whether it's prescriptions or dental and travel insurance, the Teladoc system, it's all there. It's a great thing to do for your small company, and it can be done. Get a free quote today chamberplan.ca yeah man we've been talking about this guy for the last half hour Uh, a little while ago I'm not sure if Andy knows we had Chef Jordan Wagman on talking all things cooking yeah you know I like to throw a little something cool for Andy every time he comes on he's the uh, he's the man at uh, Canna Cabana I know 
I've been saying chief information officer because I saw I read that somewhere. What what is it exactly though? Just so I don't fuck it up again. Listen, I'm an informative guy, Howard, and I gotta say, uh, shout out to the grooviest beats I've ever been introduced by. <laughs> Little uh, Garden Grove baby, sublime. Hey man, game on. Um, chief revenue officer at High Tide. Well, I uh, got to tell you, before we get into the meat and potatoes, uh, Chef Jordan Wagman did a, a little tasting thing for you guys. Uh, I was invited. I couldn't go, but I promise you the next time it happens, I'm going to be there. You and I are going to be chattering like idiots through every course. It, it was So if you haven't had an opportunity to try Chef Jordan Wagman's delicious infused food, um, it's, man, it's a one-of-a-kind experience. He, yeah. he hosted an infused dinner for us uh, around the time of the Lyft conference, and this guy had infused fried chicken. Yeah. He had, you know, like these little ban- fried banana balls that, uh, that had THC. It was wild, man. It was it was un- unbelievable. That guy is incredible. Well, let's talk about Canna Cabana uh, with our chief uh, revenue officer, Andy Palalis. He's a buddy. Uh, I was thinking about you uh, the other day, as I often do, and I'm trying to figure out something in the world of cannabis, and I went into a Canna Cabana on Parliament. Let me tell you a couple things really quickly. First, I love the vibe of the store. I, I think I've told you this before. They're really, and I'm a bit of a dispensary guy. I've been going to them for a long time. And, you know, they're not all the same. It's not all, it's not like going to a Starbucks and a David's Tees and a, they're all a little bit different. Canna Cabana has two things that I love. One is I love the idea of the THC being easily understood and you can tell what you're buying but the vibe in the place is good the people who worked there were very helpful and i was looking for a very specific thing i wanted to get some infused beverages for new year's eve because you know i don't drink and uh i found a couple there that you guys have uh from a company do you mind if i mention the company Sure, sure. Go ahead. So Tweed now has some infused beverages. There's lots of selection at Canna Cabana. But just like Fred, we were worried about, like, do you go to an infused meal and get too high? The nice thing about infused beverages is unlike edibles, they don't come on 45 minutes later. They start to happen pretty soon as you're drinking them. And it has a it sort of imitates or. It has a, a, a bit of a drinking vibe in, in that as you're drinking it, you start to feel a little bit of a buzz. But what I like about him, Jordan, and maybe, I mean, uh, Andy, and maybe you can talk about this space in the industry is, is it sort of, it doesn't get you so high that it, you are, you're uncomfortable. Most mm. of the beverages that I saw at Canada there the other day were all 10 milligrams or less. But why do they act the way they act? Is it just because of how you, you digest mm. the, the, the THC? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Howard. You know, um, I, I think edibles hit just about everybody a little differently. Yeah, and, they're unpredictable. You know, that's, one, that's actually one of the hard parts about the challenging parts about being in cannabis is cannabis affects everybody very differently. Right. And uh, over time, as you uh, develop a tolerance to, to THC, it can also affect you even further differently still. But I would agree with you. You know, I think beverages being under 10 milligrams is something that, you know, some folks are not fond of. They want to be able to, you know, have the 50, 100 milligram beverages, um, which is, of course, not permissible uh, due to Health Canada regulations. But for me and, and specifically, 
for my wife. She loves cannabis beverages. She uh, this specifically the um, the the tweed uh, f- f- sparkling grapefruit. She loves that. That's what I have. The sparkling that's grapefruit. It's so good. <laughs> it's beautiful, man. And and you, you know the, the best part about that one zero calories. So like that's you're having right. a, you're having a full New Year's Eve, and you're 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 uh, you know you're not setting yourself back for uh, Gen One. But um, yeah, man. I mean, it, it it does hit you a little bit differently. It is a little in my experience. In my experience only. It is a little bit milder, um, a little bit more of a body feeling. And, and yep. um, yeah, I think a great, great spot for, for, for folks to, to either start with or just enjoy a casual evening. You know, Freddie, I, I think you'd enjoy them, too, because you don't really get like silly, like high. But what, what uh, Andy said about the body buzz, I would tell you other thing about them. I, don't, uh, I think we split one to start with and then we had a whole other one as well. And I felt pretty good through most of the night. Not drunk feeling, but like like I've a bit of a nice buzz going, but not so much that I felt sort of uncomfortable. What I don't like about edibles, maybe you've had this experience, Freddie, is they're unpredictable. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what the end result is going to be. And even 10 milligrams of THC when you eat it can be a different effect. Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh I guess it was about a year ago now. One night I was sitting here watching YouTube music on YouTube and I ate a little piece of chocolate that my uh, son gave me and I thought, oh, that's not bad. I'll have another one. And then <laughs> I got in bed and I thought I was going to overdose. I, I was this, <laughs> honestly, I was this close to calling Delise going, I don't feel right. Right. And I wasn't. Yeah. It was. It was. A, and I knew I was going to be fine. So I just made myself go to sleep. But I didn't like the feeling. I'll tell you that. Didn't like the feeling. You know, over the top. You know, I, listen, I hear you, man. I mean, that's the thing with edibles, right? I mean, first and foremost, it must be said, you cannot overdose on cannabis. So uh, I, I'd love, love to throw that one out there. Because, listen, I mean, people, people, you know, some don't know. Um, they don't. You, you, that's right. Yeah, total total cannabis-related deaths is, uh, is a big zero. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, with, with, regards to, uh, with regards to, you know, having a little bit too much on the edible side of things, it's true. It takes a little while for them to kick in, right? And you mm-hmm. can put yourself in a position if you're, if, you know, you're new, new to cannabis edibles where oh that tasted good or oh i don't really feel much after 30 minutes and you know you double triple quadruple up and you end up in a place that feels just a little bit too smirchy a little bit too much of a marshmallow dreamland oh yeah (laughs) so you know i mean for for us it's all about uh, it's all about listen you know try a little bit try a little bit have one chocolate have one gummy get two milligrams in there see how that goes maybe the next night you try four you know it's Mm -hmm. it's a gradual work your way up thing and that is the nice thing about the legal market is that you know in the in the the heyday of the uh, of the gray or the illicit market you know you'd be buying 100 milligram rice crispy squares or 10 milligram or a thousand milligram you had no idea what was yeah in there. exactly you know here you got an exact dose well that is that's true and and like and i will tell you i was looking for these beverages and and i happened to be walking up parliament and like every other section of the city there's you know, there's so many dispensaries. It's almost like that old joke. It's like a, they open up a, a dispensary inside the dispensary. But there's so many of them, and, but they're not all the same. I will say, listen, most of the industry has got a nice vibe to it. But when you go into a can of cabana, what I loved about the experience I had, because I was looking for some information. I wanted to. I asked a lot of questions, and I and I knew you were going to be coming on, and I thought, hey, I should experience the the dis- your locations, and I will say this: great advice, really smart people who were working there couldn't have been more patient, especially when a guy sixty one walks in. They don't know if I'm cool. They don't know that I know who Sublime is. How do you know what patience is? 
Yeah, all right, <laughs> easy now. They're fine. Well, if you were wearing your day trip hoodie there, Howard, I'm yeah, sure yeah. you. Would, I'm sure you would. Just oh, you get that? Do you see it? <laughs> I figured yes. you'd know what this is. Oh, I'm um, feeling it. Um, you know, it, 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 the thing, Howard, with, with us is we're all about getting you a little island time. You know, that's that's Canada Cabana. It's about it's about uh, prescribing you a little bit of time that's entirely your own. Yeah, right? man. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you had a good experience, man. And uh, the, the the best part is lowest price in the city. Just just had to throw that one out there. You know, I don't. I, I we. I usually hit that when we're talking about the spots during the show. I always say, if you're, you know, they they, and they even says that in the store. Like we'll we'll match if you can find the price lower, we'll match it. But to be clear, it's not ch- cheap crappy weed. It's the lowest, the best weed at the lowest price. Correct. Yeah, I mean, for us, you know, and and frankly, personally, and and the the way that we all feel at Canna Cabana is, you, you should buy the best cannabis you can afford, right? You know, and that's why Canna Cabana is the way it is. We like consuming good cannabis. We like consuming great cannabis products. Legal Weed has come out with so many cool products. Over Christmas, we had eggnog you know, edible chocolate. We had candy cane crush, edible chocolate. We had, like you said, those sparkling soda beverages. We had coffee. We had like pour over and Keurig cannabis coffee. It's, it's, it's a wild world. And you know, we're, we're not cheap weed cheap because I hate consuming cheap weed. I like flavor. I like nuanced effects. I like variety. You come to Canna Cabana, you buy the best weed at the best price. Um, And that's, that's, that's our experience, you know, and, and you get a little island time while you're at it. I'm just waiting. Are you going to So you're wondering how I know what patience is, even though I don't have it in myself. <laughs> I can, I feel it. Um, you know what we got to do? I, and I talked about this with uh, Andy before he signed on. And I think it might be a good experience for the three of us. Cause I said, Andy, what we should do is we should do a little social media video where you and I, you know, wander through a can of cabana, but we should take the Fred man. Mm-hmm. Oh, Fred, come along, buddy. We'll show no, you how to open those no. packages. It'll, it'll be no. great. I would uh, I would thoroughly enjoy that. I love new experiences. No, do you? Know, is that right? So we should get a little beverage going for the Freddie, and we'll have a little cocktail. I'll tell you, I, I I know I'm. It's all about the beverages today, but one of the things I like it as somebody that doesn't drink is when you know Rachel was having a nice glass of wine on New Year's Eve, and I was having this stuff, and I felt like our our whatever elevation or the buzz. I was I was a similar to her drinking wine, like you know. It, and I, I like it. If you don't drink, it's a nice, especially a lot of people do in dry January. And I know you're thinking, why? Well, you're substituting THC for alcohol, but way better for you. So if you're looking to still participate in a social setting and get a mild buzz on it, I couldn't recommend these things more. Well, I'm, think, I'm thinking of sitting on the dock, looking up the lake, drinking a zero-calorie beverage that's going to get me uh, a nice little buzz on. I Absolutely. Mean, that, that works for me, and especially if you said grapefruit, which I thoroughly enjoy, yeah. Andy, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, you know, Howard, THC and alcohol, pretty, pretty different. I won't I won't proselytize about that uh, from a health perspective, certainly. But, you know, just in terms of even what you know, what you're referring to as a buzz, very different uh, yeah. in terms of, you know, um, uh, alcohol, a bit of a suppressant, you know, can kind of like let's call it numb or do whatever it's doing. Cannabis has this really beautiful effect where, uh, at least in my experience, you know, just a little shift in perspective, a yeah. little shift in perspective, a little elevation. I, you know, I, I just what can I say? I, I, I love that. I love that experience. And on a New Year's Eve, especially as you're coming into the new year and you're trying to ring in something positive, you know, for, for me, it works. Hey, before we let you go, uh, government reg- regulations will go into effect. Uh, is it tonight at midnight, guys, or Wednesday night at midnight? 
uh, whatever. So in the next 24 hours, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what's going to happen to uh, Canna Cabana? Yeah, our Canna Cabana shops, uh, all uh, all of them in Ontario, certainly, because we're talking about the Ontario regs, although we have 104 locations across the country. So if you're listening from outside of Ontario, we're, uh, we're open for business there, too. But uh, in Ontario, we're um, we're at 50% capacity in our stores. You know, we've uh, we've gotten pretty good, Howard, over the last two years of managing those social distancing measures and making sure folks are sanitizing and have masks and are safe. So, um, you know, our, our, our stores will be open and uh, you can come on by. And uh, the, actually, the first time I ever went to a Canna Cabana was during one of the lockdowns or whatever restrictions and do you, I, I i ordered online and went and picked it up and then the uh the people there just come to the front of the store and give it to you is that still in effect now or that will be in effect that absolutely yeah you can do your click and collect on our website and the other piece is howard at select locations in ontario we are offering free delivery as well so check amazing out also. uh go check it out it's uh, our friend andy from canna cabana thank you my friend the chief Revenue officer. That's why we're talking. Trying to increase revenue. It's all about the bottom line, my friend. Mm-hmm. Hey, Andy, I'll talk it's to you soon. It's all about you, Howard. It's all about you and Fred. We'll talk I, soon. Uh, I'm going to be sending you a note because I have a couple. I have a, I have a THC question. I want to know if you got it. I'm going to send you a little note later this morning. I'm trying to look for a recommend from you. Uh, Andy, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Take care. Um, you know, I have this issue, Howard. When I drink, I snore. And this causes sometimes causes issues with... Elise, as you yeah. can imagine. Oh, I can imagine. A non-drinker. Why should she lay there and have that noise in her ear? Um, drinking the, uh, you know, the beverages, the cannabis beverages, and getting a bit of a buzz on. I wonder, do they? Did, would they make you snore? Would it do the same thing to the nose mouth passage that creates the snore? Well, let me ask you this: Do do you snore after you drink Perrier all night? No. Well, this is the same thing. Like you're not like what makes you snore is the the effects of alcohol on your body psychologically are are a depressant, but also on your system. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're drinking Perrier and lemonade all night, you're probably not going to have the same experience. This thing, it's ironic that he said the grapefruit drink because that's what I got from a company called Tweed, and it was the first time I had drink had drank their product, and it act it acts very similar to this other beverage company we had we'd been talking to called Kelvara and uh, I can tell you the buzz is different like I don't I'm not looking to replicate alcohol what I do like about these beverages though is that while you're drinking your beer and Dan's having his glass of wine I can have a glass of this and I get to kind of participate in the elevation of the group the same way you guys do how would that um, you know 24 beers cost like 40 bucks 41 bucks what would around three dollars between three and four dollars on average yes Mm -hmm. yeah it's not cheap but it's not like you know it's pretty good because you know for that i wouldn't have more than one of those in a night like it's not like Mm -hmm. i need two of them right and and i would also say the effect isn't like Listen, I sometimes Dan and I or Dave and I will get so high that, you know, all you can do is sort of giggle and watch the movie. But with these with THC at the 10 milligram level, I never get I just get a little nice, pleasant feeling because lots of times I'm in social settings where everyone is drinking. And at the beginning of the evening, we're all in the same place, but three or four drinks in. I'm no. I'm not getting in that play. I'm not. I'm not participating in the elevation of the group. 
like it. So you get a pleasant feeling. Does it make you as a person pleasant? Because I no. should really look up. I should really <laughs> look into that. Uh, I should really look into this. Uh, there's not enough THC to make you and I pleasant. Well, I feel pretty pleasant when I'm doing it. Um, yeah. There uh I don't know. I keep saying, uh, Rachel, we're still going to Palm Springs. You know, the plan is for us to spend the month in uh, Palm Springs, do the show from La Quinta, California. And as of this moment, I'm still going ahead doing it, except I don't know what's going to happen to the airline industry. Right now, some of the airlines in the States are offering their pilots triple pay if they'll come back to work or to get to work early or if they'll work at all because some people that aren't sick are worrying about getting sick and are calling in sick well i i totally agree you should be full steam ahead i and i haven't closed the door on it either i mean this uh current lockdown what is it three this semi-lockdown is for three weeks till the end of january and uh you're leaving February 5th, so I mean, that's like a few that, days yeah. to organize something for my end if I want. I mean, chances are slim, but I almost was thinking now maybe even of something like Arizona, because then I would know that the hospitals are good if some something went No, oh, I see what you mean, yeah. As opposed to going to Mexico? Yeah, or Dominican or something like that where you're not quite sure about the hospitals. Yeah. I'd go to that hospital that gave you a heart transplant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should. it's a good one. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you already. I know you've already talked about the chamber plan, but if you're a small business and um, you haven't signed up for it, uh, I would tell you from personal experience, it's got the best travel insurance. And yes. by the way, it's still in effect. 180 days of health insurance in the U.S. Mm-hmm. If you're a chamber plan member, and it you know it saved me just shy of two hundred thousand U.S. Yeah. Even for an old fart like me over 65, the days reduce, but it's still more time than I would ever spend in the States at one gi- any given time. You know, I mean, we're going to, and I, we should talk about this with Boone on Thursday, but we sh- because I, I know now the weeks that I'm going to work in February, so either you're going to be off at the same time or you and you know Dan can do the show. But um, yeah, I'm still going to do the show a few times in February. Our show will be on in February. You know, because we're in business. Uh, but unless there's like a... Like, I've already had my flight changed twice now. So if we get close to this trip and they cancel another flight or they make the flights... You know, I bought, I got the flights on points. Which maybe was why they're canceling them or changing them or rescheduling them. But I think part of it is going to be an issue with airlines being able to staff the flights. So yeah, you uh, I you know what can you do other than wait it out? No, I know because you wouldn't want to, you, you don't want to shut the door on that yet. I'm not. Uh, I'm keeping it open on the fourth of January. I one month from now, I intend to leave. I and mean, listen, I know guys are still down in Florida. Tim's still down in Florida. We'll talk oh, to him yeah. tomorrow. If it was me alone, I would have booked already, and I'd still be going. Yeah, I'm serious. I would. I can't like. I don't know how many times I've said it on this show, but again, I'm 65. So is this going to happen again next year and then the next year? I'm sorry. This is a small window for uh, opportunity for me to travel in my somewhat semi-retired years. So, yeah, I would I would take I wouldn't hesitate to go alone. 
I like if that. I was, if I was alone. Mm-hmm. Let me rephrase that. Well, what about you and uh, Doodles? Yeah, but I can't. I don't want to leave Delise for a month. It's not fair. Well, she can watch Stan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, well I shouldn't say that. She may go, hey, that uh, the thing I heard you talking about that month, uh, you might want to try that. <laughs> what, what do you mean? You might want to try that month apart. Let's see how it works. See, see if I can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Dolby. I got, I got used to it. Now you go live with Howie. Uh, all right. Thanks, Jeff Jordan. Thanks, Andy from uh, Canada Cabana. What? I got a bow dog. Oh, shies. Uh, do it, please. I want to tell you about bow dog, okay, before we shut her down. Yeah, please. I've told you about bow dog. Bow dog. Uh, hey, why don't you do something and tell me about bow dog? Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, or a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. They have it all at Bodog. They really do. Again, spend some time there and see how much fun you can have wagering on whatever. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Look at this. Tonight, the Toronto Raptors play the San Antonio Spurs. And the Raptors, yes, they are the favorite, a six-point favorite. Uh, the Spurs pay $200 to win. Just one of the games that you could wager on tonight, and uh, Maple Leafs are tomorrow night at home to the Edmonton Oilers. So, uh, Bodog is uh, your source uh, for gambling entertainment. Bodog. Excellent work. Very, very nice, my friend. Noise. Same what? Noise. Noise what? No, no, no eyes. <laughs> That's right. That's our show for today. No eyes. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, Doer, and our newest sponsor, GoDaddy. Powering small businesses. Oh, it could be louder, I know. Here, let me do that again. Why is that not loud? Hang on, here we go. This episode of Humble. Hold on a second. Why isn't that loud? Let me try and fix that. It should be louder. Dan Duran should... Goddamn Dan Duran should be louder. Hold on. Maybe it's the music's too loud. Hold on. Here we go. Dan Duran time. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, oh, Cabana, Doer, and our newest sponsor, GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and I endorse this broadcast. Oh,